disobedient disciples can imperil the lives and eternities of those they choose to involuntarily draft or involve into their scheme. Welcome to New Life. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to continue the back half of actually part two of a series that we've been sharing with you. It deals with Jonah, based out of the book of Jonah. Boy, can you imagine, and if those of you that know that story, can you imagine Jonah's thought process as he began to realize that these, uh, these heathen people, if you please, these pagan peoples were planning his funeral, planning to throw him overboard. Just imagine that thought process. We're going to talk about that a little bit. I want to read one verse in your hearing before we jump into the teaching. Before I do, I want to remind you of another very important event, a very important ministry activity that takes place here annually at New Life, and that is our divorce care. Let me tell you a little bit about divorce care. It's a place for folks to find help, hope, and healing. Basically, it's a video support group, workbook support group for anyone who's going through or has gone through or is on the verge of going through separation or divorce. It's not for couples. It's for individuals that have been through a divorce. We don't condone such a thing, but we're here to help those who find themselves caught up in that trap. If you'd like more information, there's a website, a web address there on the screen where you can get in contact with us. And if you would call that number on the screen, then we'll be glad to put you in touch with the folks that's um, in charge of or facilitating this group divorce care. All right, back to today's lesson. Go with me, if you would, to Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 1, and verse number 14. The record puts it this way. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now by whatever means, whether live or later. And I pray in Jesus' name that by your word you would speak to their hearts, encourage them. Father, I pray for those that may find themselves in a dark place because they have walked away from your perfect plan for their life. May they realize that there is hope, there is help, there is a way to come back. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. But let me put this forth. These sailors, and I wanted to talk to you about them a little bit to kind of help you understand. These sailors that Jonah had surrounded himself with, were a glaring example of the lost world. Let me quickly say, 
not unlike, actually like the lost persons that surround us even this day. Do any of you know any lost people? There's no doubt in a crowd this size and by way of live stream, there are some lost people listening to me right now. Maybe some religious people listening to me right now. I said that to say this, it's pretty typical, pretty typical that such lost persons have some little g gods, a god or gods in their life. These lost persons have little gods in their life. Now stay with me right here because I have wrestled over what I'm about to say to you to some extreme limits over the last couple of days. I want to begin with study note number four, and we'll flesh that out a little bit. Beloved, persons chasing little gods instead of the God. Let me be clear. Persons chasing little gods instead of the God at the most foundational level do and have engaged and embraced some form of idolatry. Most of them will tell you that what I just said is not true and that they are not guilty of such. But stay with me. Idol worship, when distilled down to the very core, is about nothing more, nothing less than self. How many of you here this morning have a self? How many of you here this morning have a self? Now, the question is not whether you have a self or not because you do. The question is, what are you going to do with that self that you have control of? Pursuing self is the very personification of idolatry. Pursuing self is the, the very definition of idolatry. It usually kind of plays out something like this. I love myself. Oh, I love self and I'm going to do me because I love me and I deserve it. So I'm going to fashion or I'm going to chase after or I'm going to embrace something that makes me feel good that makes me look good at least on the outside and serves to help me fit in with other people that can help me run away from God instead of pursuing God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'll look for some idols and I'll look for some others that have such idols and I'll play with those things because I love me. And after discovering some others with some idols like that, like my own, I'll get with them perhaps. And we'll chase our idols together because it'll help take away some of the pain of knowing that I have an assignment that I'm running from. 
will run further and further and further away from God. Hey, think about this church. Have you ever considered when you surround yourself with idol chasers, then soon enough idolatry looks normal? When you surround yourself with idol chasers, soon enough idolatry looks normal. There couldn't be anything wrong with this. My friend is doing it, and he's, he's wonderful. He's lost. He's headed to hell, but he's wonderful. There, there couldn't be anything wrong with this. My grandpa did it. My daddy did it. Now I'm to, we, we all surrounded ourselves with this thing, and it looks normal because we've seen it so much. In fact, one gospel hymn writer penned it this way, we've gotten used to the dark, gotten used to the dark. Will you understand with me without belaboring this any more than I have that it is possible, will you say possible? It is possible to perch on a church chair and yet be actively running from God. You know how I know that? Same reason some of you know that, because you've experienced it. Amen? Oh, yeah. I remember sitting on those church pews. In fact, the earliest memory I have is sitting on some church pews. Mean as a rattlesnake, but I was sitting on the church pews. And after a while, I really began to understand that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. And I was on my way to an eternity separated from God. And I continued to sit there on those church chairs, chasing my idols, doing my thing, loving myself, getting further and further and further away from God in some respect. Listen, beloved. That's what we call religion. I said to you earlier that religion may not be what you think. It may not be what you've always been taught. You see, religion has buildings. And religion even has that which resembles preachers. They do. They have buildings and preachers that resemble the church, but it isn't the church because it lacks the power of Holy Spirit of God that fills the church. Listen to what Jonah said. Chapter 2, verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. I wonder how often we stubborn human beings encounter what I'm going to refer to as a near-death experience, something like what Jonah experienced. How often do we have to encounter that before we realize doing us, chasing those little idols, those little things that make us feel good about us, and those little things that just kind of build up self. How long do we have to do that before we realize that doing that is not the best way to experience God? I think it's at least worth pointing out, and this is around number five on your study notes. Not only did Jonah pay a, a price for refusing his assignment, so also did those he chose to co-opt into his plan. Are you following me? Hey, let me ask you this. 
Do you have some persons that you have chosen to help you run away from God? Do you have some things that you've allowed to come into your life to help you run away? God said go, and you said no. And you've allowed some things to creep into your life to help you with that. Perhaps some people to help you run away from God. It's a sobering question, isn't it? Here's a thought for you. Disobedient disciples can imperil the lives and eternities of those they choose to involuntarily draft or involve into their schemes. Ultimately, here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. What Jonah was impacting was not only himself, his lovely self, but the spiritual rescue of the violent and godless Ninevites. We mentioned that to you briefly last week. Consider this, Jonah doing Jonah. Jonah running away from God did delay the rescue of the Ninevites. And it nearly got an entire ship full of sailors killed. Why? Because he refused to do what God called him to do. Consider this, when he left town, his hometown, to escape God's calling upon his life, his assignment, it must have had an adverse effect upon his own family. Can you imagine later when all the family gathered around for some religious or Hebrew feast, and they're looking around? Hey, where's, where's Jonah? Where's Papa Jonah or Grandpa Jonah or Jonah? Where's Jonah? The family, no doubt, was very concerned about this. Can you imagine the impact on his work associates as they stand around the water cooler? The work keeps piling up, whatever prophet Jonah did. Where's Jonah? Has anybody seen Jonah? Anybody heard anything from Jonah? Can you imagine the impact on what I'm going to refer to as his spiritual faith community? Obviously, Judaism, and there was a community of followers there. Can you imagine? They look around wondering, what in the world happened to Jonah the prophet? This guy's prophesied to us. Where's Jonah? Fill in number six with me. I just wonder how often do others, suffer when we shirk God's calling for us. Are you with me? I know we live in a world where it's all about me, all about us, and others really don't mean a whole lot, just me, me, me. But actually, I will say to you, I want you to hear me out. Let me see your eyeballs. You don't want to live in a world where it's all about you. You might think you do, but you do not. You're a mighty small audience. You don't want to live in a a world where it's all about you. We really do need each other. And we really do need 
the church. How often do others suffer when we shirk God's calling for us? And by the way, God's calling for us is for us, not just for the individual. The individual is to find their part, their place, and to come together with the rest of the big body and work together to do that which God has called us to do. Does that make sense to you? Listen, this is one preacher that if I ever have to just go satspahal on you, I'm telling you it's a bunch of garbage. These people run around singing this song that me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you do not. You do not understand the Word of God if you think it's just about you and Jesus. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Understand that it, the church, is about a body, not just about you. That makes sense. By the same token, here's what I want to leave you with because that wasn't very encouraging, was it? (laughs) How often do others benefit when we live out obedience to God's calling for us? Right now, I normally don't like to encourage you to let your mind wander, and I really don't want it to wander. I want you to ponder this one thing. Uh, How many of you know that it is such a blessing to come in contact with somebody that is in the center of God's will, that has found, discovered God's assignment for them. They're living it out. They've been faithful to it day in, day out, week in, week out, some for years and years and years. Don't you love to have an encounter with people like that? Because you know I am about to be poured into. I am about to have some of what they have slosh over on me. Are you with me? Don't you love to see people like that coming? Hey, here's something that's even more encouraging than that is when you decide to be that. Boy, I wish I was like so-and-so. Check it out. You won't get there by wishing. The Word, Holy Spirit, prayer. Pastor, that's a lot of work. Yep. You want it? The Word, Holy Spirit, prayer. You want that blessed life? You want people to see you coming instead of ducking around the other aisle, they run toward you? The Word, Holy Spirit, and prayer. Now, I'm talking about people that, that's recognizing and realizing that there are some spiritual forces that work in this world, good and evil, and, and they recognize they want the good. Those people will be drawn to you. Can you be encouraged to be that person? What can we learn from all of this? Let me see if I can wrap this up right quick like. Please don't ever do you to the point of God having to prepare a dark place for you. Jonah was in a dark place for three days. A dark place, again, tantamount to the grave. Now watch this. I am amazed, truly amazed at the number of people that live their life like this. Well, Pastor Terry, you know, Jesus will leave the 99 and go after the one. And I am bound and determined 
that I'm going to be that one. Do you know what the shepherd did to that little sheep? He broke his leg so he wouldn't keep running off. Did God go after Jonah, the reluctant prophet, say yes? How so? Had to create a great fish, and the guy had to stand there and listen to his funeral being planned, thrown into the ocean, and for all intents and purposes, suffered a death in effect and spent three days there. I'm amazed that people who want to live their life that way, why would you want to do that? Don't ever do you to the point of having uh, the point of God having to prepare a dark place for you. What's the alternative, Pastor T? Listen to God. Just listen to God, primarily through His Word, by Holy Spirit, by times of prayer. Listen to God and obey. It's one thing to hear from God is another thing to to obey. Obey, and when you do, beloved, you live a blessed rewarded life I may be speaking to someone this morning that that you're in a dark place you're in that dark place you've been running God said go and you said no and now you're in the middle of God's woe listen to Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1 we read this at the outset of the message and I want to call your attention to a couple of things from inside the fish Don't overlook that. From inside the dark place, from inside the grave, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, the dude was under distress. How many of you like distress? Can't hardly wait to to get in the middle of this coming up week so that you can be distressed. Yes, that's on my bucket list. Go to the Grand Canyon, Hawaii, be distressed. No, we don't want that. In my distress, I called to the Lord. Now, here's the good news, and he answered me. Will he answer? Yes, indeed. Look at this. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. If you're in a dark place, call out. He will hear and He will deliver. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if you've ever read through the 48 verses of Jonah, you know that God come to him a, say it with me, church, second time. Second time. Lord willing, we're going to unpack that a little bit next week. God gave him another chance. But it was a costly journey to get there. Will you close your Bible, put your study notes away? Don't put your shoes on yet. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Just listen, because we're going to close in prayer here very shortly. As the Lord God, by the way, I'm talking to born-again, spirit-filled people. As the Lord God said to you, go, and you've either said no, or you said yes, but you didn't go. Can you be encouraged? 
to repent of that. Don't push our Heavenly Father to have to allow you to end up in a dark place before you realize the way you're living is more costly than the going. Anyone in the sound of my voice this morning, whether live or by way of live stream, if you're running away from God for whatever reason, you're running away from His calling, His ministry, a task He has for you, I want to invite you right now, right where you sit, to repent of that. It sounds like this. Gracious Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I said or acted out no. Forgive me and empower me to go. Lord, I'm calling on you because you've called on me. Now extend to me your power and your grace and your forgiveness and your resources. And lead me to that thing, to that place, to that person, to that ministry that you have for me, that you have purposed for me. In Jesus' name. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And can I reiterate something to you that we said moments ago at the conclusion of the message? Don't ever do you. And what I mean by that is you just doing your own thing. You just take the Word of God and you just throw it right out the window and say, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. Can you be encouraged not to do you to the point that God has to prepare a dark place for you? Now listen, there's someone listening to me right now. You're going through a dark place in your life. And it is because you have walked away from God and you're doing your own thing instead of walking according to the Word of God. And you found yourself in a dark place, very much like Jonah. Well, listen, there's hope. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to build you up and to help you, to throw you a lifesaver, if you please. The solution is as simple as this. Come back to God. Do it His way. Stop doing it your way. Stop being hard-headed about it. Come back to God, humble yourself, and He will meet you more than halfway and reestablish you and bring you out of that dark place into the one of the most uh, bright and light places, a bright and light life than you can imagine. Now, somebody listening to me really needs to hear that. Come out of that dark place. Can you be encouraged to do that? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for that one that may be listening right now. They've walked away from you. They've gotten themselves in trouble. Maybe they're not inside a well, but they're inside a well of a problem, a really dark place because they've simply walked away from you. May they have the courage to step up and to step out and to step back and to walk toward you. And Lord, I pray that you would renew them, restore them, repair them, and bring light into their life. We pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, listen, beloved, if the Lord has met a need in your life, if the Lord has spoken to you through this telecast, we would love to hear from you. There's some contact information there on the screen. You can shoot us a, 
uh, an email, if you will, and just let us know what's going on. We would love to hear from you. We've been here for a long, long time. We seldom hear from people in terms of letters and so on and so forth, but uh, often hear from folks out in the community that they listen to the program. We would love to hear from you so that we might continue to pray for you and encourage you. I've got to get out of here. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, and I trust you're going to have a great week what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?